Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant, and coming up in this episode, intimacy tips and the top five words we always M-I-S-S-P-E-L-L misspell. We just consider sexual or physical touch being intimate when really all these other things mean so much to us. And when it comes to females, love language means everything. You know, you are the, until you build a strong foundation of who you are behind the mask you put on every day, um, swinging is actually a lot more open and a lot less controlled because it's a lot of different people that you have to deal with. I And names, like I am super bad with names. The people ask me, did you work with so-and-so? And I'll be like, I don't think so. And then I'll see his penis and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I, I did work with that penis. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share, leave a review, we really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So our first guest helps people become more intimate, and she specializes in non-traditional relationships, polyamorous couples, swingers, people with open marriages. This is intimacy coach and sex educator, D. Siren. When people struggle with intimacy, like what are they, where does that really usually come from? Like what's the main source of the problem? Intimacy in the first place is misunderstood. There are so many different forms of intimacy. Uh, there are, you know, there's experiential intimacy, meaning that you've experienced something with someone else. You've, uh, you know, gone on a vacation. You've spent time with them. You've you've built a relationship through experiences. You have a life with them. Um, but that, but experiences in general are are intimate, and you really just don't realize how many people you actually have intimate relationships with. Um, which in turn makes us not as connected to other people because we just don't realize how many people we're actually connected to. Um, and then there's um, intellectual intimacy. Intellectual intimacy is you and I having this conversation. You're learning something from me, I'm learning something from you, and that's building a connection with each other. With that being the case, you know, you have so many intimate relationships with so many different people, um, but we just consider sexual or physical touch being intimate when really with our life partners, all these other things mean so much to us. And when it comes to females, love language means everything. So you have to figure out with your partner, what's their love language? You know, what do they, what do, do, means the most to them? Is it the touch or is it that you do the dishes? <laughs> is it that you ask them how their day was? You know, is it the words of affirmation that you're telling them they get, did a good job, you know? So it's all about, you know, paying attention to the person that you're with at the time and really 
showing that you are connected to them. Let's get controversial. And for the ease of conversation, let's talk about a heterosexual relationship, man and a woman. Who's the problem usually, the man or the woman? I think the problem is is that you think there's a problem, (laughs) you know? Really, there's not always a problem. Um, You know, in life, we are given struggle and struggle builds character. Struggle builds uh, upon us so that we can actually grow and evolve in our lives rather than holding us back. It actually helps us to learn from each other. It helps us to grow in our relationships. It helps us to maybe even look outside of our relationship for something more. And the fact is, is that I think that a big problem in relationships, and this is any kind of relationship, is that we look for one person to really help us through anything. And we expect that person to be able to do everything for us. You know, are they able to be our best friend? Are they able to be our our sexual soulmate? Are they able to take care of our children? Are they able to, you know, help us with dinner at night? Are they the best cook and the best housewife and the best this? And is my husband the best? Why would you expect one person to be able to do everything for you? And honestly, it's just about mindset because in the end, you are the only person that sees the world the way you see it. No one else sees it the way you see it, and they never will. And, you know, honestly, when it comes to, like, jealousy, um, that's a factor. It's a big factor in people's relationships So these are these ideas of jealousy. And it comes up because we're insecure. When, when people kind of come to you, are they generally complaining about – and complaining is a relative word, right – um, is there issue usually like we're not intimate enough in the bedroom or we're not intimate enough kind of just in everyday life? More than anything, people come to me as individuals. Um, I do have couples that come to me um, trying to work on their relationships, but it's more coming to me as an individual to figure out what is their what are their issues because when it comes down to it it all starts with you you know you are the until you build a strong foundation of who you are behind the mask you put on every day and realize that you know all the shit that you have piled upon you and made into your ego and your personality and see that that actually is still stuck because people get stuck in old patterns of behavior, old thought processes, and they just repeat themselves. It's just becomes the next person is just going to have the same crap that you had with your girlfriend in high school because you're still stuck in that same thought process. You're just putting it on to another person. And until you break the cycle that you're still connected to, it doesn't change. I've always been fascinated by this idea, right? I heard this before one time where somebody was talking about, like, in the past, there was a tiger, a tiger that would, you know, kill us. And in reality now, we're still having that same kind of fearful reaction to things, but there is no tiger. It's just a bad meeting. Exactly. Like, we all live, and that's just, you know, it's super survival instinct. Um, We still live with that survival instinct every day. Um, that, you know, humans still think we, we have to be in a state of fear. When, you know, when it comes to kind of intimacy, are there certain things that people can do to kind of get that back to increase their intimacy? Honestly, the biggest thing to increase your intimacy is communication. Like start talking to each other. You know, I think so many people stop talking to each other 
and stop having deep conversations. There, it comes a point where life becomes monotonous. You have a routine, you get into the routine, especially after you have children, but you also have to realize that you are still a person and your spouse is still a person and you should still have a life outside of those children. Like, um, it's important to, you know, realize that your intimate relationship with your spouse is just as important as that relationship you have with your kids. Because once you guys stop talking to each other and stop and just forgetting, like, why did you like each other in the first place? And are you still friends? Because a lot of people think, okay, I'm in this relationship. I've uh, committed to this relationship. I've said, okay, I'm married. And society puts a lot of pressure on us. I have differences of opinions on relationships than a lot of people do. Most of what I do, I help people that are in non-traditional relationships because I believe in non-traditional relationships. I've been in a, been in a non-traditional relationship for the majority of my life where um, I am polyamorous. I do believe in a relationship where you don't have to be monogamous. I don't think it's natural for humans to be monogamous. We're not penguins. And, you know, and it's okay to uh, open your life up to other people. I'm, I'm super not uh, for limiting love in your life. Like I think this world needs a lot more love than we are allowed to show to other people. And I think it's super healthy to show love to other people. However, I'm not against monogamous relationships either. Like most people around me, my family, they all have those relationships and that's totally fine. Do you think that problems with intimacy have gotten worse necessarily or do we just hear about them more like people are more comfortable talking about it as opposed to like no i think people have actually gotten worse worse at this i don't think they're worse to be honest because i talk to people in all different generations it's just that i think now people are realizing that for one thing you don't have to stay in a bad relationship it's not it's not required because it's okay to not be in that shitty relationship forever. You know, that's not the end of the world to leave that relationship and try something different. You can also continue to have good a good relationship with the other person that you aren't, quote, married to or living with or whatever. You can still have a good relationship with that person and not actually live with that person. Um, so I think it's just more being open-minded. I think it's more about talking and just being able to express how you feel. I do think that there is a big change that women can express themselves where before they weren't able to. Because I think a lot of times it it comes back to that ownership idea that we weren't allowed to be able to express ourselves. We weren't allowed to be able to say, this sucks, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. We had to just stay in the relationship we were in because that's what we chose to do or that's what we were told to do or placed in that relationship for so long. We had relationships that were, you know, chosen for us. And it's like, okay, this is who you're marrying. Get over it. So like, how did you, how did you get into this? How did you start intimacy coaching? Well, I mean, I've been in a relationship forever. Like um, my husband and I started dating when we were 19 and, you know, we've been together, what, 28 years. Um, and uh, of that time, like I would say the majority of it, we have been, well, we, I, about 10 of that, we were in a monogamous relationship completely 
vanilla um, regular relationship and then we decided to be in an open relationship and tried we were swingers and we did that kind of thing and then we went into the adult industry which made it more um, I would say more controlled um, swinging is actually a lot more open and a lot less controlled because it's a lot of different people that you have to deal with and a lot of different um, relationships it's hard to be in that type of uh, situation because you're dealing with so many different personalities and having to um, get along with so many different kinds of people um, and then being in the adult industry it's much more of a controlled environment where you work with different types of people but you're not necessarily building a um an emotional relationship or an emotional intimacy with those people it's more experiential intimacy it's more um physical and sexual intimacy but you're not really building any kind of emotional intimacy with those people where swinging you could build emotional intimacy with those people the more people you're around the more people that you open yourself up to you start realizing that there's so many different people in the world and you really just build different uh connections and and when it comes down to it it's just all about connection and we've really um put a lot of boundaries on sexuality and it's just natural like sexual Sex and sexuality are just a basic instinct. Even though there is kind of like the moralistic stand of that, right? Which comes from religion in which monogamous relationships, sex is only for the purpose of procreation, that kind of thing. It sounds like a polyamorous relationship would be great and great for everybody. But ultimately, would it work? I think the limitation comes with the insecurity. And the insecurity comes with the background of yourself can you handle being with more than one person and that it all depends on what happens then who teaches you that being with another person is a bad thing are you taught that it's bad to look at other people have you been shamed for looking at other people have you been taught that oh no like it, if it's not a man and a woman together forever, then that's not a family. So yeah, that, it doesn't always work, but it all just depends on your mindset. Are you capable of handling the situation where you can take care of all these different people in your life? If you're not, then you shouldn't do it. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Sure. What is awakening your orgasmic body? So I am a super uh, multiple orgasmic person and I have different levels. The first level is just, I'm a squirter. So the first level is just really squirting is very basic and that happens. I can do it to myself. It can be done even without like any kind of vaginal like um, stimulation. Uh, I can do it from like deep kissing, I can do it from biting my neck, I can do it all different ways. Um, and it's really like lubrication, it's like natural lubrication without having like any kind, having to use any kind of other lubrication. So that one's really basic to me. Um, it's still orgasmic, but it's super basic. Then I get into a stage that is more like, which does require penetration, it's more like, um, I don't know, animalistic, I guess you would say. <laughs> That's when the noises start happening and it's 
definitely more that way. I would take what that's saying to be more a third stage for me personally, because that is when I get, uh, if, if the person can continue to go, because it's it does get to a point, I can do it with toys and I can do it with some people, but most people are already finished by the time that I get there. Um, it is definitely more of an out-of-body experience. Um, I do kind of disassociate at that point um, because it's like an internal massage to me once I get to like my third level of orgasm. I don't squirt. I, it's not like that. It's much more deep, internalized. I kind of go off into my own little world. I look like I'm probably asleep um, or dead or something. <laughs> I don't know. But it's it's just much more like I'm super relaxed, absolutely relaxed. You can kind of do whatever because I'm so relaxed to the point where it's just like, wow, like I'm just, I don't know. I get to the point where it's just super I don't know. Like I said, it's like a, a deep massage, but internally. So, Does everybody have that? I think that if you allowed yourself to get to that, you yes. I think if you allowed yourself to let go to that stage that every, but every woman could get to that point. But it does allow, it does require you to let go. Do men have that? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You work on dating in the adult industry. How is dating in the industry different than dating in normal? normal? You know what word I mean, right? Like fill in the appropriate word there. But Most people in the adult industry date each other uh, because when you're in the adult industry, you have to understand that sex is part of your job and that... We don't, when you have this job, you have to be comfortable with the fact that you're going to have sex with other people. I mean, it's just part of the job. Like, I don't have a, or we don't have, as adult industry workers, we don't have an emotional connection to every person that we work with. Like, that's, like I said, that's the difference between swinging and being in the adult industry. We don't have that connection. We don't build that connection. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that I've worked with that, honestly, a whole bunch that I don't even remember them. Like, I, I, don't, I, I always tell them I, I can probably remember your penis um, but much more than your face because, like, I didn't even see their face, <laughs> like, all that much. <laughs> like, I mean, that's not really where my focus was. <laughs> I And names, like, I am super bad with names. The, people ask me, did you work with so-and-so? And I'll be like, I don't think so. And then I'll see his penis and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I, I did work with that penis. So, like, yeah, I mean, the girls, I normally remember all the girls because, like, we build friendships like it's it, and that's the thing like I there are guys I remember because I've actually sat down and talked to them so that's like different if I actually sit and talk to you but if you're on set and you're literally just going on set you're working doing your work and leaving you don't really have time to sit and talk I mean it's just a matter of like okay we're doing our work we're getting paid we're doing our job and going home like there's no building a relationship or friendship or anything like that. It's outside of that, that we build friendships. So this is either a ridiculous question or a brilliant follow-up question. Who has like the most recognizable penis in the adult industry? Um, well, I probably the ones with the bigger ones, like the biggest, uh, probably Mandingo and like, uh, 
Dread, um, Shane Diesel. Those guys are ridiculously big and they don't, it's hard to miss. <laughs> like, I mean, when you, if you know who they are and you've seen them, it's like, whoa, that can't be real. <laughs> like, I mean, it doesn't look real. So. God, that's, you know, we've talked about most of the other questions that we got. This So that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you think that we missed or what's kind of coming up next for you? Um, Honestly, I'm just continue to work. I read a lot. That's all I do. I have like my bookshelf of, you can see my bookshelf, <laughs> my bookshelf of books and um, building upon my new life coaching website. It's mykarmasutra.com. Karma Sutra is the name of the uh, company. And uh, Kama Sutra is the love rules. And that is like already a thing. Like that's old, old Sanskrit from, you know, the Indian culture is that the Kama Sutra is, uh, they've always, people connect it to sex like positions. But if you actually read the original Kama Sutra, which is back there in that bookshelf, um, it it's actually the rules of love. So there's a lot more to it than just positions. That just happens to be the like, depictions of it. Um, and, but, you know, my website is actually a play on those, those words. And it's actually um, Karma Sutra, which is, because Sutra just means rules. And um, Karma, of course, is, uh, most people think of Karma as like, oh, that's your Karma. Like, it's going to come back to get you. But Karma actually means action. So, uh, it's actually action rules because I just believe that all, you know, we talk a lot. Everybody just talks and talks and talks. And that's all everybody ever does um, these days is just talk about what they're going to do. But it's all about your action. Like love does not, you can say you love something, but until you act on it and show what you're actually going to do um, and show that you actually love somebody and do the things that you know, find out what their love languages are and show them that you actually love them, then it doesn't matter. So until you act on those things, until you actually take the steps to improve yourself um, and until you, you know, show that it's something you want to change or until you take the steps to actually follow all those rules, then what's the point? I want to thank Dee so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And we have also included her information in the episode description. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. Are you a snuggler? I'm not a snuggler. I might look like one, but uh, I, I am not. I actually prefer to be left alone. Like when the wife and I sit on the couch... She has her assigned seat. I have my assigned seat. But How much distance is there between your assigned seat and hers? Are you guys on the same couch or are you in different chairs slash recliners slash couches altogether? No, we're on the, we're on the same couch. Probably uh, probably three to five feet in between us, I would think. I mean, it's a, it's a regular size couch. She's on one end. I'm on the other, you know, where there's a reclining, uh, reclining seat or chair, I guess you could say. You got dual recliners on your couch? And they're motorized. Are you fucking serious? I don't know why this is awkward, but no, I'm 100% serious. I just, how much did that cost you? Not that much. It's It's been paid off for years, so it couldn't have been that much. 
Wait a minute. Are we talking? Did did you buy a thousand dollar plus couch when you got into this? Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's probably it's probably under two grand or maybe a little around two grand for the set. I I don't remember how much it was. I've had cars that cost less than that. (laughs) Listen, I'm not saying I'm not. You know, you asked me the question. I'm not saying this to. To boast, I, for all I know, I mean, I don't even think that's a very expensive. I think that's set. a pretty expensive couch, to be honest with you, man. I want to say that our couch was maybe four hundred bucks, and I got that shit at IKEA and spent a week assembling it. <laughs> yeah, well, I learned my lesson with IKEA uh, things, so I, I try to stay away from main furniture that's IKEA if I can. What What do you mean you learned your lesson? It's great furniture. What? It's it's not great. Oh, furniture. it's I, okay. Let me let me let me rephrase this. And this is what I'll stand by: is that some of it is good quality furniture. Most of it, I will say, sixty seven percent of the things you buy at IKEA is absolute crap. Wow, that's a ridiculous statement to me. I would honestly say, if I would say that IKEA to me is one of the most trusted brands in my mind, where. If I'm buying from them, I the very least I know what I'm getting is going to work and it's going to be nice enough. I mean, I could find something better, but this is this will work. I just if I have the preference or the choice, I'm not going with IKEA furniture at all. I would rather have a couch that's been set on fire once than an IKEA couch. Wow. You have such snobby tastes. <laughs> I really did for somebody and and this is no offense to the way I was raised, but somebody who wasn't raised with a lot, uh, I I've grown up, and I I have I have, I would I won't I wouldn't say snobby tastes because I don't have the money to back that word snobby, but I I have peculiar taste. I like I like certain things. I would say that your taste is high level snobby for your economic situation, right? For a person in the middle class, with John and I would both be middle class. Like, you've got much higher class tastes than I do, right? Like, you've got a $2,000 couch. You drink fancy $7 beers. You've got, like, 30 Under Armour shirts. And I have five T-shirts from high school, a $400 couch, and the same TV since 2002. Do you really have the same TV since 2002? No. I guess it would be two. Th- yeah, you don't. 2008, 2008 2009, maybe. Good God. Yeah. I mean, get a new TV. Why? It works. I'm not... I'm, you can get a 60-inch TV for 500 bucks. I don't care. How much is the TV I have? Nothing. I, right? I, got, I guess it's priceless. Right. It's priceless. Well, I don't I never understand that stuff. Like, my wife says that to me all the time. What's on sale? Oh, so you got it 50% off? Well, if you didn't buy it, it would have been 100% off. <laughs> Okay, but if you're spread out across the couch, do you guys ever reach across and hold hands? Uh no, not not usually. Um if my wife is really, you know, like if if she's really feeling uh deprived of uh, uh of attention. Sounds like she sounds like she probably is. <laughs> she yeah, well, I mean it's me here for God's yeah. sakes. Um uh she might like you know, put her leg on me or, or something or like, you know, lean in or something. But, uh, you know, I'm not a big handhold. I'm not, I've never been a big, not that this is PDA, but I've never just been like a big hand holder, public kisser. It's your style. You got, do you have sweaty hands? Y- yeah. Oh yeah. I, 
It's funny. I don't really, for being a bigger guy, I don't sweat a lot. We've talked about this, but man, my hands, you put your hand in my hand and we're going to start sweating. Really? Do you have like trouble picking up glasses or something? Cause you're, they're that moist. <laughs> no, not that bad for like I can give you an example. Cause it's happening right now to me. Like I'm just sitting here recording this with you. We're what? 12, 13 minutes in. And all I've had, all I've done is like had my, my hands like folded into one another. And they're sweaty. And probably should see a doctor. Okay, we are now going on five weeks of John doing that into the microphone. We'll see him how much longer he finds that to be interesting. All right, let's let's, let's move on. What what Nick doesn't know is like when I'm not recording this with him, I will just escape my family by coming into my my recording room here, and I'll just I miss you, Nick. I miss you. But uh, anyways, let's uh, let's move on and give some shout outs, huh? All right, uh, we'll start with uh, Oliver Ludden. Appreciate you, uh, Justin Haggerty, Michael P, Wesley Evans, Kelsey Dazan, Devin Gordon, James Sagos, Kevin Go 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 Go, Ivan Pedraza, and Nathaniel Figueroa. Would you appreciate all of you? Would you rather have a last name of P or Gogo? Probably Gogo. I feel like Gogo is a little more eccentric. Yeah, I mean, especially if you were like, if, if if it's a woman, and you were kind of a cool chick, and you were into video games or cars or something, like that would be a good last name for that kind of person. I would actually adapt my personality based on that last name. But there's really not much you can do with the last name P. No, not. Yeah, how come some you got to think that somebody would have changed that? If your real last name was P, why wouldn't you have changed that at some point? Like the whole family's got to get together and like, look, we can't do this anymore. We've got to change it. <laughs> I mean, there's some there's some weird names out there. I'm not saying your name's weird there, Michael, but uh, yeah, somewhere along the line, you would think his family would have been. Maybe maybe we should try something different here. But he's got to take one for the team there. All right, uh, let's see here. I got a couple of bangers for you today. I feel like every week presents a new opportunity just for me to say that, so I say it. Mm. Okay, okay. Banger. Uh, All right, would you rather have two penises or two mouths? Both would, right? (laughs) Twice the fun. (laughs) I mean, that would be ideal, of course. Oh, no, you'd much rather have two penises, right? Because there are a plethora of sexual interests in the world, and you would would be doing very well with two penises. My follow-up question to that, because I knew you would pick penises where, where would you want the second penis to be put? Well, you wouldn't want, like, one in the front and one in the back, because... That would cause problems for you. I don't think that I think that you would want them to split apart like a Y. I don't think that you would want one above the other one because then you couldn't really use both of them very well at the same time. But if they split apart like a Y, I'm not sure how flexible people are. But I think that you would get the most value out of that if they could split apart like a Y. What sounds more terrible to you? Having been an 80s hair metal band lead singer or a 2000s teenage pop star? Hmm. <laughs> like, it seems to be an easy choice. It does. Course, right? And like, then you think about it a little bit. Well, it depends how successful are you, right? Okay, so top of my, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking 
would I rather be in InSync or would I rather be in Motley Crue? Because Motley Crue was like a hair band, I think, right? I don't think Guns N' Roses yeah, counts were, yes. as a hair band. But would I rather be InSync or Motley Crue? Now, if you looked at it on an individual level, I think that, well, Motley Crue is a bad example because I think, I think that there's been some <laughs> legal... And uh, I think one of them may have died. But let's – all right. Let's just say I would say that it's probably better – yeah, I would. I think it's probably better to be a hair band guy than it is to be a boy band guy. I mean when, when I was thinking about the 2000s pop stars, I was really thinking about just these 16- and 17-year-old teenagers that haven't even hit puberty yet who are out there making millions and millions of dollars singing the worst songs that they ultimately come back – in 10 years to look at their careers like Taylor Swift did and realize that, uh, yeah, that was a pretty rough time of my life. Yeah, dude, I don't think those people are really very happy. Even at the height of their fame, you probably find out most of those people are pretty miserable. I think that being famous is something that sounds great until you actually are famous and you're like, oh, this kind of fucking sucks. I, I've always I've always thought about the non-privacy aspect. Can you imagine being a... Uh, global wide star and just not even being able to walk out of your house without being the thing is though i think that unless something is unless you're way way up there like super a-list i don't think most people would recognize you because you're not really anticipating it and like that's that thing about tony hawk where he's constantly like people are always making fun of him like hey who's this tony hawk not realizing it actually is Tony Hawk. In saying that, I also think nowadays it would be much easier for somebody like us not to realize any star of today that we don't know. I wrote down last year there was $5 billion bet in the Super Bowl. They're they're saying that's going to be double that this year. Do you, do you have any problem with gambling in the broader society now that it's not in just Vegas, basically, or some other places? Or in illegal means? God, no. I, I I participate. Yeah, I'm 100% fine with it. I've never done it just because I'm too cheap. I wonder what percentage of people watching a, t- watching a game have money on it. Do you think it's as high as 25%? Men, the male audience. Let's just – men tend to gamble more than women, right? Would you, do you think 25% of men watching a game are betting on it? No, I but I, I don't think you're too far off. I mean, I would probably say around ten percent. I mean, to say one out of every four people watching a certain game yeah, be a has lot. bet on it, that's kinda that's kinda high. Oh, we forgot about this last last episode. What's the candle of the month? Just waiting for you to bring it up, man. Just waiting for you to bring it up. So I'm actually quite excited about this because uh I don't know, in Seattle it's cold, right? I'm sure it's cold and it's snowy. It's the same way here in Michigan. Uh, so I picked out a, a fancy one. It goes along with my fancy couch uh, uh, theme this episode. And uh, I want everyone to check out um, Bath & Body Works. Made sure I got it right this time. Uh, spiced almond. Right, a little spice in the winter months. It, it's good. It smells delicious. And it just has kind of like a, like a winter feel to it. Like a winter, I don't know, winter-esque uh, designed to it. It's cool, man. Check it out. Spiced almond. Anyways, the other thing I wanted to bring up, <laughs> moving on, uh, is Jeff Bezos. Uh, story came out late last week about how 
He has a $500 million mega yacht being built in the, in Denmark. And uh, to get it uh, to the Atlantic, to get it over here, he's going to have to have a bridge, part of a bridge dismantled in Rotterdam and uh, so he can get his yacht through. I say maybe he shouldn't build a yacht that is half a billion dollars. But, hey, what do I know? I mean, Best he's... part of the story, don't mean to cut you off, best part of the story uh, if he does indeed go through with it and he goes that way and he, and he requests that the bridge be dismantled, uh, there's going to be some activists that are not very happy with him that are going to pelt his yacht with eggs as it's going through. Well, which is amazing. I mean, number one, somebody should have thought of that beforehand, right? Did nobody think— I knew you were going to take the practical well, approach. Why wouldn't you I think about it. this beforehand? Like, hey, how are we going to get this thing out of here? He should have thought that through. Now, if he's just going to pay for it, and then, look, he's clearly got the money, so you should pay to take the bridge down, you should pay to put it back up, and you should pay for any inconvenience that, that you have caused. And if he does all thing, those things, then what's the big problem? I kind of I like your th- – man, maybe, I, maybe if people are listening to this in, in Denmark – I mean, what if you just started like a revolution you don't even know you just started? Look, I'm telling you, man, people complain about stuff too much. They, like troubles are opportunities. So look at them like an opportunity as opposed to a problem and your whole mindset I think will change. I don't even know who you are anymore. Okay. All right. So our top five is top five words we can't spell. No, wait. Our top five is top five words we always misspell. Yeah, so there's many of them, actually. Uh, but I'm going to go with one that could – first of all, all these could be number one. So my list is just kind of five words that could all be number one. But I'll start off here with my number five, and I'll go with February. You have trouble with February. Interesting. I do. I always I always get the A and the U mixed up. Uh, not always, but I do it more than I don't. So. See, we're going to really have to try to resist the urge to call each other dumb because every single time that you have one, like how do you get that screwed up? Mine will also be like, how do you get that screwed up? Okay, so without looking at it, spell it. And you can't look at anything. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to be able to spell it. Well, I, I, I'm going to be able to spell it right now because I literally was looking at it an hour before now. Like, okay, I know how okay. To spell well, it. I hear a lot and of talk. I'm not hearing a lot it, of right? spelling. I'm hearing a lot of talk, not a lot of F-E-B-R-F-E-B-R-U-A-R-Y. Okay. See, I don't understand how you get the U and the A mixed up. I can see forgetting the R, like February, F-E-B-U-A-R-Y, but not F-E-B-R-A-U-R-Y. Yes. I don't see how you messed that part up. Like you said, I, I it's easy to call me out. We'll see what you have. What's your number five? Okay, my number five is my number five is misspell. I always get the S's screwed up. I have I, I have no idea how many S's are in misspell. It could be anywhere between one and three. Like I could spell it M-I-S-P-E-L-L, M-I-S-S-P-E-L-L. I could go M-I-S-S-S-P-E-L-L. No idea which way you actually spell it. No clue. So I, I, I have that on my list, but I'm I'll actually I'll replace that because I don't wanna mm. you know like I said, I have so many that uh but but that was one of my original words that uh, yeah it's it, there's two s's right uh, I don't but, know 
have is no clue. Is there one S? Is there two P's? Is there one L? Is there two L's? I have no idea. I don't honestly know. See, I'm okay with everything but the S's. The S's is what throws me off because I'm looking at it like M-I-S because it's miss if you do the clap thing, right? Like that's how I learned how to do consonants or not consonants but syllables like so it should be miss, M-I-S-S, and then spell, S-P-E-L-L. But there's no way there's three S's in that fucking thing. See, and that's what gets me. I I, I think it's M-I-S-S-P-E-L. I don't think there's two L's. You don't think there's two L's? You think there's, hmm. I just think there's one L. But I, like I said, I don't really know. Okay. All right. What's your number four? Uh... Oh, it's so hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know how to spell that. <laughs> I mean, there's another one. I don't J-O-H-N? know. J O H N. I don't know. There's one S, two S's, one P, two P. It always confuses me. Yeah, the double S. Disappointed. Dis. D I S. A. A. Two P's. Disappointed. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. I mean, I, I wrote it down. I think I wrote it down correctly. And then that would have been right if that's what you think it uh, is. My number four is inconvenience. I get the IEs in there all missed up, mixed up somewhere. So I think it's spelled I-N-C-O-N-V-I-E-N-E-N-C-E. In-I-N-C-O-N-V-I-E-N-E-N-C-E. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that one – I mean, I think the longer words are almost easier. Like, you know, I, even though I just put on disappointed. But, excuse me, inconvenience you can almost, like, spell out. As long as you get the I and the E right, you're right. okay. Right. I before E and less after C. I remember that. <laughs> What's your number right, three? My number three, I have gonorrhea. <laughs> Why are you even trying to spell gonorrhea all the time? I, I don't know, but it's a word that I, I'm not entirely sure how to spell. I'll try it here, and I'll, I'll look like a fool, but here we go. Uh, I'm going to go with G-O-N-O-R-H-E-A. Gonorrhea. But I'm not what? that far off. I have no idea. I don't know if I've ever written down the word gonorrhea, to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever like well, written it down. Or been in a situation in which I need to write it down, but all right, thanks for that telling us a lot more than you just told us right now. Okay. Apparently, I have secrets. Mortgage. My number three is mortgage. I have no idea how to spell mortgage. My guess is M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E. Mortgage. Yeah, that's right. Is it? Yeah, mortgage. Mortgage. This doesn't seem like that should be right It makes no sense when you spell it. No. You think it'd be M-O-R-G-A-G-E. Okay. Uh, I have fluorescent. See, what are you fucking writing fluorescent for? I have, oh, I don't know how to spell it. How do you spell it? Floor? F-O- <laughs> Floor? But it's not like F-L-O-O-R. It's F-L-U-O-R. Or F-L- Fluorescent. I think it's fluorescent. Yeah, there's a U there. It's, uh, there's a U. The U comes before the O as where you would think it comes after the O. Because it's floor- like, you know, but it's actually like fluorescent. Fluorescent. Interesting. Okay. Fluorescent, yeah. What was yep. that, your number two? Yeah. My number two is definitely. 
I don't know how to spell definitely. I always fuck it up. Like so badly the computer can't even recognize what I'm trying to spell. Right? Where spell check, it's like it's not any of those words. Um, no, nah, it, it's E-L-Y, right? I don't know. I think, th- I think it's this E-L-Y. is how I think you spell it. D-E-F-I-N-I-T-E-L-Y. Like define etly. Yeah, I think that's right. I hope we're wrong on all these and somebody's just listening to this being like, these guys are <laughs> fucking idiots. What's your number one? Uh, man, it could be any of these, but I'll, I'm just going to go with separate. Oh, that's my number one, too. Yeah, my number one is separate, oh, right, well too. No idea how to spell it. All right, I'm going to change mine, then. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with broccoli. Ooh, I don't one. know how to spell broccoli. B-R-O-C-C-L-I? Broccoli? Uh, no, there's an, uh, there's an O in there. Broccoli. You were right on the two Cs, but it's O. Yeah, B-R-O-C-C-O-L-I is how you spell it. Oh. See, separate to me is tough because I'm going to go S-E-P-E-R-A-T-E, which I don't think is right. Yeah, let... No, there's an A. There's, there's an no A E's in there actually. somewhere. Yeah, there's two A's and one. There's two E's and two A's, but the A's are all in the middle. Oh, two E's and two A's. Okay, what what do you have in your honorable mention? Uh, let's see here. So I have Embarrass. Yeah, that's two S's. Uh, that's charcuterie. right. Charcuterie. Well, that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. Any of those words that like nobody should know how to spell, right? Like sure. juxtaposition. Uh, entrepreneur. Oh yeah, that one's tough. Uh, phlegm. Hmm? Flem. F L E M. That's easy, you know? dude. No. <laughs> yeah, it's easy until you're absolutely wrong. Like you just. What's not F L E M? How do you spell phlegm? No, it's P H L E G M. Those fucking PHs, man. I didn't go to school. Yeah, I'll get you. Phone. Uh, phone. F O N E. Yeah. Uh, pneumonia. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cemetery. Millennium. And narcissistic. Okay. I think I can do some of those. I'm actually better at the harder ones than I am at the easier ones. Like I don't I put restaurant sure. on there, but I'm pretty decent at spelling it. It's R E S T A U R A N T. I have trouble with succinct. I don't even know how like S U Q is there a Q in there? Succinct. I don't and success. I don't, I don't know, know how to spell success. S U C C E S S maybe, but there could be one C or one S. It's like vacuum. I don't know what succinct, succinct is. Succinct? Yeah, I, I know you don't. I edit this podcast. Is that even an actual English word? Succinct? Succinct? Yeah, dude. Succinct is being like to the yeah. point and direct. How funny that you literally <laughs> don't know what it fucking means. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure you know if that's if that's a real succinct? English word. Succinct? Okay. You don't think the word succinct is a real word? Well, if you could spell it, I could look it up. I can't. S-U-C-C-I-E-N-T maybe. Or E-N-T. Succinct. Oh, well, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jesus, you, what? It's how did you spell it? S u c c i e n t. 
Close. Uh, S-U-C-C-I-N-C-T. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's completely wrong. That's why I can't spell it. I always forget about the... Hmm. Nice. Well, we all learned something today. Look at that. We that we have a elementary vocabulary, and uh, I don't know what's succinct. No. What else did I have on there? No, that was about it. Succinct I have on there. Definitely misspell. Yeah. I'm in decent... I mean, there's... With harder words. I don't have any trouble. Like, I've heard people have trouble with, like, accommodate, but that's not difficult to me. That's A-C-C-O-M-O-D-A-T-E. Like, I don't have that trouble with the A words. Hmm. Accommodate would be tough. I'm – accommodate would be pretty tough, I think. Oh, come. Entrepreneur is – I'm okay with entrepreneur, too. I also think I'm more of a visual person, so I, I think I would be able to get them if, like, I was writing down on a piece of paper or on a keyboard. But yeah, trying to spell that's much them easier. That makes sense, orally right? Is a little more difficult. I agree. Uh, do you have any more on your honorable mention, or is that it? That's it. Okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance. Leave us a late a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really does help us out. And let us know what are some of the words that you just can't spell right correctly. Spell correctly? Now we're going to have to do a grammar. No, we would never do that, right? Nobody likes the grammar police. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.